Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Welcome back to Hour 2. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. We are live from the Steelers of Minicamp Sessions here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex uh, here on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. And we just went over Pete Prisco's top 100 players of uh, 2023 list. Can't fight it too much. Did Not too job. much. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. did a nice job with that. Uh, that leads me to, we were just talking a little bit of wide receivers there, Matt. Um, Greg Jennings, the former Pro yeah, Bowl yeah, wide yeah. Receiver. really good player for the Packers. Yeah, uh, on the 33rdteam.com, has his top nine wide receivers heading into 2023. Ooh, that's a tough, tough that's, list. That's a really tough list to crack. I'm excited to do it, though. I mean, I'm probably going to be really critical of his list, but I also don't envy him for having to make it. I mean, no, I, I don't know how you pick nine. Golden well, age. that number? Hey, do, that do a list. Don't do ten. Yeah. This one goes to 11. <laughs> right. <laughs> and was he torn between two guys and just said, ah, let's, let's stop it at nine. I don't want to decide. Yeah, you know. nine's a strange number to stop at. But I mean, you go 30 deep of really, really Easily. good receivers. I mean, it's the golden age. Real quick, and why is it the golden age? First of all, I think that they're getting paid better than ever. But really, I think a lot of it comes down to – all this seven-on-seven seven yeah. stuff people do year-round now. I mean, it's Starting when business. they're like 12. Young. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. I these mean, these so kids have been through, they've been catching footballs and throwing footballs since they were, you know, 10 or 12 years old and, and doing it at a high level. 10 months a year, 12 yeah. months a year. And some of it's even more competitive now. I mean, they, they do these seven-on-seven seven tournaments, you know. And, right. Oh, by the way, there's a shortage alignment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that might have something to do with it, too. Uh, so his number nine guy. He's going to be really good, whoever he is. I just know that. Garrett Wilson, and I think it's a little too early for Garrett Wilson to be on the top nine list. Yeah. I guess we'll hold judgment to see who was left off that I would put ahead of him. But he's really good. Um, Wilson versus Olave is a tough call for me. Yeah. Like, they're both really, really good. Drake London's really good, and he just doesn't get the production because of the way they played. But, I mean, the rookies last year – that's where I was going with it. But the rookies last year was a really good class. Wilson would be my one, but would I take him over every other receiver minus eight in the league? I don't know today. Yeah. Number eight is C.D. Lamb. Wow. He's so, a little boomer bust for me at times. He is. Yeah. So I'm going to reference Matt Harmon a lot for this because he has this site reception perception where he really breaks down all these guys' games. And the one thing that I wouldn't have really put together without reading his write-up on Lamb is he says Lamb is asked to do more than any receiver in the league. And what I mean by this isn't ends around and throwing touchdowns yeah. and stuff like that. He's an X, he's a slot, and he's a Z. Like, he has to learn all three positions more than any receiver out there, which people don't think about that, but there, there is a difference. I wonder if he'll do less of that this year. I think with, they wanted to do less of it. Yeah, with I, Cooks I, on board. I think that was forced because Gallup was hurt. Yeah. And, you know, we had to move him around. Not that he can't do it, but I think you want to specialize him a little more. Number seven, and this just goes to show you how deep this is, A.J. Brown. He's a superstar, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his stuff with the Titans was catch and run. 
play action. Everyone, the linebackers bite up on yeah. Henry. And, and he, as he the Steelers learned last him. year, He's he can take that. you over the top. Yeah, I mean, he is a home run threat. He can nickel and dime you. I thought last year was really telling for how great A.J. Brown truly is. Six, Cooper Cup. The whole world knows he's getting the football and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I mean, we're I, one I will year. say this. <laughs> So when the Steelers last played the Rams here at Heinz Field, mm-hmm. they shut Cooper Cup out. They did. So it was like really four years ago. It was. I know. But he was still Cooper Cup. He was still a guy that caught a lot oh, of passes. Oh, sure. But he's also one year removed from a triple crown winner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, what he did that, that year that they won the Super Bowl, pretty remarkable. And he wasn't any worse than that before injury last year. Yeah. He says, I, I, like, to call, I like to classify Cooper Cup as the Travis Kelsey of wide receivers. Meaning he's a guy who makes everything easier for everyone else. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, I liked what Odell did with the Rams, but it's heck of a lot easier when everyone knows the world's going to the ball's going to the cup over right. and over and they can't stop it. Two things about cup that I don't know that all of our listeners know. He gets pigeonholed because of the color of his skin and he's a slot that he's little. He's not little he's at dude. all. Yeah. He's not Welker. He's a big, strong, strapping guy. But he's also older than you think. He came yeah. in the league as a pretty old, old dude, and he's been around a while. So I don't know if he'll maintain that as much. Number five is Stephon Diggs. Yeah, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> I mean, I, there are Fifth four better, list, right. Yeah. But, I mean, the, <laughs> he does it every year. He's an elite route runner, you know, attacks every every portion of the field. And you might think the Bills are loaded, but they really haven't been. I mean, yeah. like, he's definitely the focus. Four is Devontae Adams. Sure. I mean, erased all doubts of he's just Rodgers, dude. You know, he was great last year for the Raiders. As good a route runner as you'll see. Tremendous. Three is Tyreek Hill. I mean, I know who's going to be ahead of him, and I'm not going to fight those two names. I'm sure I know who they are. I just think if you ask defensive coordinators, who do I not not want to play play against? against, He's at the top of the list at any position. Just scary as could be. Yeah. Two is Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. and then one is Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Um, Jefferson's start to his career is as good as anyone ever, yeah. I mean, frankly. And I know people throw the ball now more, so maybe that's a little skewed. But he moves really weird. You know, like he – I've heard some defensive backs interviewed talking about Jefferson that – they're joking that he defies physics because his waist is so high and he's so angular that some of the rules don't apply to him that you think it's his movements. And I love this comparison. I think Steeler fans will appreciate it, especially you older guys. Greg Cosell said his almost exact words were, I think Justin, this is what Greg said, is I think Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in the league and is a special, special player. He reminds me almost identically of John Stallworth. Hmm. And never, you know, you'd never think of a '70s yeah. guy, but that's how good Stalls was, you know, at that era when, what Bradshaw threw the ball 15 times a game or something right. like that, and then he's fighting another Hall of Famer for the ball. But you can kind of see similarities. Yeah. So we've now seen the entire list. No DK Metcalf. No. Uh, who else is missing on there? No. I mean, I could scroll the league. I mean, in the East, Waddle could be involved. Yeah. In the North, Higgins could be involved. I'd say that's about it. And in the South, I don't think Ridley could be involved. No. But, I mean, that's probably it in the South. Um, in the West? The West. Adams yeah, is already I mean, on there. The two Chargers, but that's rich to put them at nine. Yeah. Um, in the opposite East, you didn't have Devontae Smith. Not that I would say he has to be, but he's a really good player. 
Alave, um, you mentioned, but he's McLaurin's McLaurin, a really good player, yeah. but top nine's kind of rich. Um, in the south, Alave to me is very similar to Wilson. Uh, Godwin and Evans. Godwin and Evans have great bodies of work. You know, uh, uh, London's an up and comer as well. Uh, in the north, I mean, you got Jefferson, and it's probably you know I don't think DJ Moore could quite crack that that list yet. Um, n- neither of the Niners, neither of the Seahawks. Uh, Hopkins not on the list, you know. So I mean, just I'm sure I forgot five good ones too. You know, not even mention the guys who were on the field in front of us here. Yeah, really difficult. It's really good. Um, again, I mean, if your top, if your list is top twenty, we just gave you the guys who mm-hmm. would be on there. Um, if we're doing this last year, Deontay Johnson's in that list of the top twenty easily. In top twenty, yeah, 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 easily. Yeah, no um, doubt. You know, that's why I, I I cringe every time people talk about oh, the Steelers overpaid him. First of all, it's not your money. Well, there's that, right? They're gonna. Secondly, they could they could afford to make that deal with Deontay Johnson, and, and thirdly, receivers aren't cheap. He's not expensive. No, he's a bargain. Yeah, I mean, if you brought in a capologist or over the cap guys or whatever, they would tell you he is a very good deal. I mean, even yeah. if he doesn't catch another touchdown in his life, <laughs> I bet he does catch a touchdown in his life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's gonna happen. I, yeah. I think people are focused way too much on what Deontay didn't do last mm-hmm. year as opposed to what he did do despite the fact that he played on a team that threw the ball in the second half of the season 25 times a game. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, there wasn't a lot of touchdowns to go around. I mean, they, I mean, they didn't have a lot of passing they, they only threw, what, 11 or 12 touchdown passes as a team. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't leave a lot for everybody, you know, to, yep. to go out and – but the league is really valuing wide receivers and paying them and drafting them a little higher than you'd think. I mean, even though that there's a surplus of them and there's stars everywhere, they're still really in demand. Yeah, I mean, those guys get paid, and that's mm-hmm. why I think you, you do have to continue drafting them yeah. year in and year out because if, if you have a good one, you want to pay them, obviously. You have a guy that's mm-hmm. on this list or close to being on this list, uh, you pay them or – you have to make the decision, as they, you know, happened with several guys in this list. Well, we don't want to pay him $25 million. Last season was the offseason of trading stud receivers. You know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. I mean, they all got traded and got a lot back. It wasn't a Jalen Ramsey, I got to dump this guy type of deal. It's like, well, it's decision time. I mean, look what the Steelers got back with Chase Claypool. Right. Great example. Great receivers example. are valued. Yeah. But if you're paying Mahomes, I can't. Pay Tyreek too, yeah. even though I know he's worth it. And if I'm paying Rodgers, I can't tie, you know, give Adams that money too, you know. So it's just, it's a tough decision. Not easy to pay both a quarterback and a receiver. It really isn't because you know if you've got a great quarterback, you would hope that he elevates the receivers. That's the Chiefs' theory. Yeah, yeah, right. If you've got great receivers, you hope they elevate the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's you, the you better of one or the that's other. That's the Miami. Theory. Or the Vikes are going to pay Justin Jefferson, right. who's number one on this list. Whether it's Cousins or whoever next year, it could be a rookie. Justin, we need you to get open time and time again to make his life easier. In the case of the Steelers, and this is why going back to our, our conversation in the first segment about George Pickens, mm-hmm. you hope that you know he takes that a big next step to help elevate Kenny Pickett as well, or, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hope they both elevate each other and therefore also, you know, uh, you know, allows Deontay Johnson to get back to doing what he does, mm-hmm. allows Pat Fryermuth to do what he does. I, I know the Steelers want to run the football, but oh, I think no what they ideally want to do is get back to what they did when Ben, ben Roethlisberger was young in his career, and that is throw early to run late. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. I mean, they, they absolutely have to do both. I mean, you can't do one or the other in today's league. I mean, that's just the way the world works, and you can't. 
be in the bottom 10 as a passing offense and win games in this league over and over. I mean, it still is a passing league, but the foundation of the run game is a great place to start. And, you know, it's not unique here that, you know, your, your guys are all kind of growing together, but it sort of is. I mean, as young as that offense was, it, it's different than, you know, you give Ben a young quarterback or a good, big, you know, a, a good young receiver to groom and that the, they did so well in that era or, you know, something well, th- like that. I mean, think lines. about what Roethlisberger had when he first came in at, at the receiver, just at the receiver position. You had Heinz Ward, yeah. Plexico Burris, and Antoine Randall. Yeah, good point. That's not all, bad. They were all really good at that <laughs> yeah. point, too, right? That's a good point. So I, I was going to mention this earlier. That if Deontay gets back to producing like he has the past two years, if Pickens takes that step forward, if both of them are on, you know, wouldn't shock people if they're on that honorable mentions list on the top 100 or pretty clearly top 25 receivers. I mean, I'm not talking about lofty goals. They don't need to be the best receivers in the league. This team could still use a second-round pick on a wideout. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just how the nature of this position is. Absolutely. Uh, if there's tons of good ones coming out, just keep grabbing them. Yep, that's what you want to do. Hey, uh, we're going to take a, a break here. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio and, and ESPN 970. We are live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, and the Steelers taking part in mini camp practice number three. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. We are live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, where the Steelers are still practicing here. Yeah. Uh, taking on full so. advantage of minicamp this year. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see um, Mike Tomlin either cancel a practice or make it a team-building exercise kind of thing. I think with so many new faces this year, Matt. Yeah. Um, they've wanted to take full advantage of these sessions. No, I think so, too. I mean, there's not a lot of standing around. I mean, just to, I've noticed that's over these 12 practices. If special teams are going on, the, the, linemen working, yeah. The, yeah, the linemen are in the background doing drills or doing things on their own, running sprints, things like that. I, I don't think people are taking this lightly. Not that they did in the past, but that's definitely stood out to me this year from the get-go. Is There's a lot of energy, and there's a lot of using every second to your advantage. Yeah, and that's what you need to do mm-hmm. uh, because, as we mentioned earlier in the show, if you're not getting better in the NFL, you're probably getting worse. Somebody else is getting better. And somebody yeah, else right. is going is getting better, and that guy's there to take your job. Yeah. It's a very – I mean, that's crazy, you are competing yeah. – imagine competing every day to do your job. Imagine uh, – so we do this – this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Imagine if there was another show or three shows. Or 31. Or 31 <laughs> other shows, and, they, and they're, okay, if, if you guys don't do your show better – we're going to replace you with these guys. Yeah. I mean, every walk of life has competition and competition. Which probably might not great. be a bad idea for the powers that be, but <laughs> don't get any ideas, guys. Right, right, right. But, like, I mean, not only are you competing with the other teams, of course, but you're competing with teammates, you know, for roster spots, especially, you know, during camp. I mean, and not everybody is. Cam Hayward isn't. But, you know, you're competing against your friends that those are guys, in your those position guys all, room. Guys and, like you know, Cam, though, convince themselves that they're still competing. If, if they rest under the <laughs> yeah. war. I mean, Plum Bray is the best example ever. You right, know I mean? absolutely. The guy could have easily put it in, you know, taken it down a notch and still been tremendous. But, you know, it's not like you and I are – battling against, you know, Wes and Moats every day, <laughs> like your friends that are in the same position room, you know. So it is a very unique walk of life. And, oh, by the way, 
our vocal cords don't fail us. You know, like right. these guys' knees can fail them and every intention of being great, but their body doesn't let them. You our know? brains, on the other hand. Well, they're in trouble. They're <laughs> a little pickled at this stage of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that leads me into uh, this piece on NFL.com written by Nick Shook. The make-or-break candidates mm. for 2023, players at the crossroads entering the season. And the good players, to your point, always think they're at the crossroads. Yeah, you know, you I mean? have to. You have yeah, to keep yeah. that edge. Yep. I mean, there's been a lot of people in history that are Hall of Famers that when you get interviewed this time of year, hey, what are your goals this year? Well, I need to make the team first. You know, I like, don't ever uh, remember having a conversation, for example, with Heinz Ward where he didn't bring up, I was a low-round draft pick, and you'd be like, Heinz, you were a third-round draft pick. <laughs> Nobody wanted me. Nobody gave me a chance. Heinz, yeah. you were a third-round draft pick. Yeah, you were a top-100 pick. <laughs> it's not so bad. Yeah, it's not the hardest road you ever. You were not a – like a, Antonio Brown could say people didn't give him a chance. Sure, sure. You know? Jalen Warren. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm talking about undrafted guys. Guys who were right? undrafted, you know, uh, Randall – not Randall McDaniel, uh, the defensive tackle, John Randall. John Randall, yeah. John right. Randall was an undrafted – Guy right. who's in the Hall of Fame. From small school. Yeah. And, you know, right. Those type of guys. Right? He didn't get a chance. He got a chance, but he made the most of it. But the Heinz credit, I mean, whatever motivates you. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that's what you need to kickstart, your, get out of bed in the morning and go be the best, <laughs> great. You know? Go work your butt off every day. Go sure. have at it. So the number one guy, he picked 12 guys here. Mm-hmm. Number one on his list is. And you could pick 120. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But quarterback Ryan Tannehill. See, I don't know if I agree with that one. You know, I, think like, the, I think the book is kind of written at this point. Yeah, and I think he's better than people realize. You know, he's had a kind of an easy life as a starter in that they're a, a run-heavy team. But, like, he'd make Atlanta better, you know, if, yeah, if, if Smith enough. were to take him. Or, you know by you. Mean? Yeah, or, yeah. He, or Washington or a team like that. Oh, they I mean, kill for a guy like yeah, that. Yeah, right. I mean, he's yeah. a quality player. In fact, I, you know, if I was Tennessee, I might explore something yeah. like that. Uh, I'm surprised Atlanta hasn't yeah. you know, tried to do that. Or, yeah. or even if, let's, let's say, you're the Rams. And, like, yeah. You, I mean, okay, what happens if Tannehill goes down again, or if, uh, if, if Stafford goes down again? You're, I mean, your season's shot. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say Arizona or, yeah. you know, one of these teams. I think he's better than C.J. Stroud's stopgap Rookie guy. CB, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's better than that type of dude. He's To me, he's probably a top-20 quarterback. Next up on the list is Kirk Cousins, who always oh, seems to be at, at a career year. crossroads. Because he's always getting paid. He's always he's maximized <laughs> his abilities, that's for sure. It, I'm going to look this up real quick. How much money Kirk Cousins has made? It's about 30-plus now for five years or so. I mean, I mean, at least. And he was a second quarterback drafted by that team that year. That was the RG3 draft. Right. He's, he's another one. I mean, $43.2 million. This year. Guaranteed, I think, too. Yeah. Wasn't he the first guaranteed guy? Yeah. He's a free agent after the year. But I don't think he's going to be – Flacco with the Jets at next year at this point. I mean, he's going to be one of the starters. Oh, his lifetime earnings have to be insane. Have to be insane. Yeah. Good for you, Kirk. You like that? Yeah. He's a happy $201 million. Including this year? Including this year. No, that doesn't include this year. By, the end, of, the, by the end of the he's making another $30 million this year. So he's over 230 He'll be at two, $231 million. Yeah. And wow. by the time he's done, he'll be over 300. I have no idea who his agent is, <laughs> but you youngsters out there need an agent, call Kurtz. That worked out pretty well. Oh, my God. Wow. That is insane. I don't know if that's the most ever, but it's certainly got to be in the neighborhood. That might be more than Brady's made. It, it, on the football field. On the anyways, football field, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. That's insane. I mean, is that more than Ben made? I'm trying to get guys oh, that yeah. lasted forever. You yeah. Know, the guys that lasted year after I mean, year. Right. Holy smokes. That is a lot. A Pretty lot, good for a, a fourth-round pick or whatever. Yeah, right. who is a 
basically a league average quarterback, but slightly yeah. above. You right. know? He has he had a good year last year. He always has a good year. Yeah. You know, it's fine. He always has a good year. He never has a great year. Right, right. Uh, Michael Thomas is up next. I am curious what Cousins will make. If he oh. gets the open market oh. again next year. Oh. I mean, he's still going to he's going to make at least what he's making he's, now. He's in, he's in his early 30s. Like, yeah, right, right, know, right. He's not over the hill. No. And I don't think someone will sign him and be like, hey, I'm going to use a top five pick on a quarterback. I mean, I think he'll be the guy that they, you know, kind of like a car move. Yeah. One of the te- whoever gets shut out in the in the quarterback sweepstakes mm-hmm. in the draft, he's going to pivot to Kirk Cousins. Or if Tua gets hurt again, Miami just says, oh, we'll give you 35. Yeah, there's a lot of avenues. here. He'll be fine. Uh, Michael Thomas. He's not is done next. earning his money. No, point. he's not. No. Oh my God. He might make four hundred thousand. Four hundred million dollars. <laughs> he might make four hundred million dollars. Yeah. He plays five more years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even in a backup, making eight million a year. You know, when he's wow. thirty-seven or whatever. Yeah, I like that. Not bad. Michael oh, Thomas. Perfect guy. Is up yeah. next. I mean, he is. At, he's been in a career crossroads the last yeah. two years, really. Some of these career crossroads. I'm putting that in print or in in quotes. Are almost now or never. Yeah, you know, like if, if Thomas, it doesn't happen, you're done. I, I can't, I can't go down that you know, that road again. If you if you can't perform at this point, Michael, you know this yeah. is kind of last ditch effort time. Speaking of which, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, this is his last. I mean, we know his last last shot. <laughs> yeah, to be a starter. <laughs> to be a starter. Yes. I mean, there's Blaine Gabbert still in the league. You, you know, I mean, if you're a first round pick in the as a quarterback, it's hard for you to be out of the league. You yeah. got to be Paxton Lynch bad. You know what I mean? Let alone the number one overall pick. Exactly. You got to be Jamarcus Lawrence bad. Yeah, then. exactly. I mean, you got to be the, the worst. Jamarcus Russell. Or Jamarcus That's Russell, not yeah. Lawrence. You combine two yeah. first overall picks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I mean, Mayfield, if he stinks this year, will probably be a lifetime backup. Never gets a shot again as a, as a starter, and he makes four or five million. Maybe ten years ago from now, he Gino or uh, Gino Smith's it. Maybe, maybe he gets a, a right. shot. But that's what worries me. The, Gino the thing Smith. that he's walking into now is kind of. You're in a no-win situation. Big time. You never want to be the guy who replaces the guy. Right. And he is now the guy who's replacing the guy. And the guy had a lot around him. And yeah. the guy replacing the guy has two holes in the offensive line and no running game. And, you know, yeah. like, he's not set up. That's what happens at this stage of your career when you're him. Like, you got to take any job you can. You're not exactly set up to be in the best situation. Yeah. You just got to take what you can get. Uh, Derrick Henry. On this list, two Titans on the list. See, I don't agree with that either. Like, well, he's he's thirty now. I mean, his career might be over soon. But yeah. I mean, he if there was a crossroads, he blew right through. Does he still have it? Does he not have yeah. it? Does he fall off the cliff? I think that's what that's where he's going with that. See, what's interesting to him, with him to me is if if they're one and four, two and six, and I'm the Bills or the Chiefs. I'm calling. Hey, I'll give you a second round pick for Derek and try to win this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The problem with that is he has a ten point five million dollars base salary. He's expensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott on this list, I which guess. I kind of get. I mean, cowboy quarterback is Yankee center fielder. Yeah. I mean, that's a high profile thing, and leading the league in interceptions last year is a bad look. You know, I mean, but. I can't imagine a world where Jerry Jones is going to move on from him after the next 17 games. Yeah, but you say that, and in 2024, his salary goes to 59.45 Ooh, million. I didn't realize that point. Okay. Yeah. Well, then you have is the he question. Worth 50, right. Is he worth $60 million? Is he a $60 million a year player? The last year version probably isn't. not. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, no, he needs to play better to get that probably. Yeah. I mean, you could restructure or whatever, but still, I hear what you're saying. Uh, this next guy is the perfect candidate to make this list, and that is Russell Wilson. Oh, absolutely. 
Is it over, or can you redeem yourself? Can you, because you, you're, what, 34 years old, do you, yeah. can you play another four years, five years, or is this it? He's the Kirk Cousins draft class, too. Yeah. yeah. And can't blame coaching anymore. You know, I mean, we got you a good guy. You know, there's, there's people around you. So, no, that's, that's a great one. Yeah. I mean, you were, two years ago, we're talking, is Russell Wilson a Hall of Famer? Mm-hmm. Now we're like, can he still play? Right. I mean, the Hall of Fame conversation is still interesting to me, too, because two years ago I thought he could never play again and get in. I don't know that that – But now he's hurt his case. Yeah, more, right. You know, like right. he, he should have quit then and he probably would have <laughs> got in. Now it's less chance than it was two years ago. How many right. players can you say that about? Yeah, you know? I mean, he's hurt his cause the last right. couple of years with right. how he has played. Like Patrick Peterson's increased his cause, or at right. least, you know what I mean? There's a lot of those dudes. All right. And that brings me to Chase Young, a guy we talked about earlier sure. in the show. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year in 2020. He's appeared since then. He's appeared in 12 games and has one and a half sacks. 12 games, and they've been bad games too. 12 bad they games. Have not been great. Yeah. And is he not the same physically? Did he? I would have to study him to no end. Did he win with one move and now never developed a curveball? You know what I mean? I, Can I he do that know. move anymore? Is right, that, you right. Know, the, the team's figuring him out. What's right. what's going on with it? Or is he just out there at 80% time and time again? Just I mean, people through it. Some people are killing Alex Highsmith because in the seven games that he had without T.J. Watt last year, he had three and a half sacks. Okay, that's not a terrible. You get a ratio, sack though. every a sack every other game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm no mathematician here, but that does work out to eight and a half over the course of a season. Yeah, right. That's a good. That's better than what Chase Young's been putting up. That's better yeah, than some right. of the guys who made the Pro Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack had eight sacks last year and okay. made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, um, that's not a bad year for anyone. Yeah, you know. Um, in 12 games, Chase Young has one and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean. Teams tell you what they think. I mean, I know that he's been linked to the Steelers, blah, blah, blah. It's not and, happening. And, hey, I'd be really interested if I were any team in him. But, man, I mean, the fact that they don't pick up that guy's fifth-year option is alarming. Yeah, the link to the Steelers is being generous. Yeah, right, right, right. That's being, <laughs> that's being generous. Yeah. Uh, this one's interesting. Josh Jacobs. I guess, yeah. Uh, I mean, had a tremendous season, had a lot of touches. Free agent again after this year. Yeah, you know he's on the franchise tag. Now, is he going to go out and get sixteen hundred and fifty-three yards again this season? I don't think so. Like I I think he's going like at the end of round one in fantasy. Like I'm not sure I'm on board with that because I think his production almost has to go down. I mean he's on a bad. He's a tagged running back this year. Mm -hmm. If I were him, I mean do you do you think about pulling the Le'Veon Bell here and sitting out training camp and taking it taking it from there because. I don't know if he signed his tag yet or not. They I rode know. you hard last year. Really hard. And, and you increased your stock and made you money. Yeah. But two or three years of that in a row, you're not going to last. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, there are cases out there, Le'Veon Bell being one of them, mm-hmm. where that doesn't work out so well for the back. No, no doubt. I, I mean, he made money, but he didn't. He left $15 million on the he table. He didn't last. Right. I mean, uh, for a running back, what Lev Bell to me is an unbelievably bad financial decision. I mean, just you only get five or six good years in the league. If yeah. You're going to take one year of getting nothing. You know, I mean, I, if I'm your financial advisor, I'm like, I, that makes no sense to me. And the fact that Barkley's playing that game, that's fine in June. He, Barkley is in a different situation as well because he was a first round draft pick. Yeah, yeah. And so he got paid up front. He, he to made a more than Bell did yeah. at the same. Stage. I, I mean, I can remember writing back, good you point. know, when that was all ta- when that was all happening. 
when the Steelers first put the franchise tag on Le'Veon Bell, and it was like, I want to say $8 million or whatever it was. For that day, that makes sense. That like, was as much as he had made to that point in his career. And he left that on the table. And then he didn't come back the next year. So he was, again. So he made the eight from that tag, but yeah. didn't the year after right. when he sat. Yeah, okay. I don't don't understand that financially at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I understand uh, trying to make a point and maybe money's not everything. He but, ended up yeah. making $44 million in his career. He signed a big deal with the Jets. You know, but he, he, you know, he got some money from some of the other, like he, so he made off of his rookie deal, 4.12 million. As a second round player, that's not crazy, right? The franchise tag the first time was 12.12. So yeah, you're going to play for that because it's three times as much money as you've mm-hmm. ever made. And then the year after he. The year after was the 14.5. I say I thought he left 15 on the. Yeah, table. and he decided not to play on that. So then he ma- he got, <laughs> he got 52 million dollars, from the Jets. Did, That's, he, did he see all of it? I the contract. Know. He didn't see it all. Yeah, yeah. Then a million dollars from the Chiefs, two hundred fifty-two thousand from the Ravens, two uh, three hundred forty-three from the Ravens, two ninety-seven from the Ravens, and one one million from uh, the Ravens again, and then one million from. I don't even remember him being with San Francisco, but apparently, no. or no, is that San Francisco? Tampa Bay. Hmm, I don't remember that either. But I don't know. I, I mean, Barkley or the big money was left on the table. Yeah, I mean his. Best year in terms of earning potential and probably as a player, he ma- he put nothing in his bank account. In terms of actual money that he made, uh, cash paid out, it was $31 million. Okay. So he couldn't have got all the Jets money. So if he'd have played on the franchise tag with the Steelers, he'd have gotten 14 in addition to this to the 16 that he had already 50% made. 50% more of his earnings. You're already there. Yeah, right, right, yeah. You're already there. I don't know. I, I thought, and the more I think about it, it's and We just talked about Kirk Cousins has made. Like, right. In right. their primes, who was the better player? And quarterbacks at least can play a long time. Right. I mean, back, you better take every possible earning year you can and cash in. Yeah. Which brings us to A.J. Dillon making this list. Why? I don't know. Is he a free agent after the year? He seems like he, he probably must be. He probably be. is, yeah. Has uh, 750 plus yards rushing and five touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. So this, yeah, this mm-hmm. would be for he's probably made for him like what Lev did on his rookie deal. So is he back? Is he is somebody going to trust him to be their bell cow? I don't or know the, how he, the, he almost needs Jones to get hurt to even prove get the opportunity. Or to do prove they that. move on from Jones and, and go with AJ Dillon as their lead back? Maybe. And maybe that's why maybe. he that that I guess would be why he's on yeah. this list. Um, I guess you could make an argument that he's Robin or he just needs more touches, you know? Yeah. yeah okay. I can see why you're on and, the list And with now. him, I guess you're you're looking at a good running back who mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, right, right, right. I you mean, know? if he does hit free agency, you could see people saying, oh, that's a bargain. Well, he's 20, you know? 26, 27 years old, yeah. but he doesn't have a lot of there's, – there's still a lot of tread on the tires here. We can get three or 4,000-yard seasons out of him. Mm-hmm. And people might not realize this because he's so build, big in the way he's built – He's a very capable receiver. That's yeah. just Jones's job there. Yeah, you know, he's not as capable as Jones. Yeah, I mean, that, there's no crime. Can't in that. keep up with the Jones. Keep up with the Joneses, man. Uh, the final guy on. Oh, there's two more actually. Uh, the next guy on the list is Tua Tagovailoa. No question. No question at all. No question. I mean, what's funny to me, everyone's talking about the Burrow and Herbert extensions. They're on the horizon, happening any second now. He's in the same draft. <laughs> They're all drafted within two spots of each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, he's exact same situation. Hurts already got extended because he's a year less to, to play with. Well, you got to make that same decision on Tua. Yeah, and can he make it through a season without getting hurt? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, he's been – the on-the-field marriage between him and this new offense was very good. 
but he's also a certain type of quarterback, and yeah. they catered the offense to him. He was he had injury problems in college. If he were coming out after having three concussions or two two serious concussions mm-hmm. in in one season like he had last year, his draft stock will be hurt by that big time. I mean, look at his career going back to Bama. Like I think he had a knee or an ankle at Bama. He had a really, really serious, scary Bo Jackson-like hip thing, yeah. you know, that he got over. He certainly has had injuries since he's been in the league, quite a few, yeah. multiple concussions, as we know, amongst other things. And he finished the last season hurt. You know, like, yeah. he, he got cleared from concussion protocol. I mean, they had to start Skylar Thompson in their playoff game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he got cleared from concussion protocol in, like, May. I mean, the yeah. season was way was, over. Was right? talking about, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I guess I'm going to come back and play this year. Yeah, I mean, so he's never not really been hurt. Yeah, I mean, since we've known who he was coming on the field, pulling Jalen Hurts off in the national championship game. I mean, since then, he's really had a hard time staying out there, and he's not very big. The final guy on the list. I guess he's added a lot of weight. Like some people think he's looking pudgy. Is some of the reports okay? Like he's looking thick. And, yeah. You know, I don't know if that's good or bad. The final guy on the list is Austin Ekelar. I mean, he kind of made a public statement, hey, I want traded or I want paid. He's like 28, though. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the ship's probably sailed on getting But again, a you're, you're kind of talking about a guy who doesn't have a lot of wear and tear, given how he's been used. Yeah. Do me a favor, if you don't mind. Yeah. Look at his career earnings. It's like nothing. I mean, he went to like Colorado School of Mining or something. <laughs> I mean, he went to some un- school I've never heard of. So it took him years to get paid, and then he got underpaid. And this guy's a first-round pick in fantasy every year. He's a tr- he keeps himself in rare shape. He scored 18 shape. touchdowns in each of the last two he's seasons. He's a superstar, yeah. and he's made nothing. And now his window may be even gone to get a payday again because, I mean, he's at that magic age where nobody pays backs. Yeah, he's on working on a four-year, $24.5 million contract now. Yeah, which means he three has years a, of making nothing. Yeah. Uh, for his career, he has made $20.9 million. That's one of the best backs in the league for three or four years. Yeah. I actually thought it was lower than that. But, I mean, it's he's been a bargain since day one. Yeah, he'll he'll bump, pump that up to uh, $27 million after this season. Like, if Jalen Warren is as good as Ekelar, it's so unfair to the player. You know, like, he's not yeah. going to make anything for quite a while. I mean, it's a bargain for any team. And that's just – I mean, I'm not blaming the Chargers or anything. That's just how the league is set up right now. It's I, rough. I, I will say this. People, you know, our average listener, which, again, much like us, don't make a, a you know, a million dollars a year. Right. Yeah, you might, but I don't. My paycheck every week is not a million every yeah. Monday. Right. Yeah. Um, they moved to Los Angeles during his career there. Mm-hmm. And you go from being in San Diego, which, you know. High cost of living. High cost of living. To Los Angeles, which has ridiculous cost of living. Mm -hmm. Like, to buy an average house in the L.A. area, you know, you're spending over a million dollars. That's just for an average house. Nobody talks about that kind of stuff. He's probably, you know, if he goes out and buys, they would call it a mansion. He bought a $3 million mansion. No, that's just a. You know, the, the same as a house that you would buy in, in you know, Swickley, mm-hmm. you know. Nice area. Or yeah. Right, right, right. So I always use these examples that people don't talk about because it doesn't affect the athletes as much because most of them are millionaires. But when Walt Harris, next door, who hired me, became Stanford's head coach, he more or less asked the whole staff, hey, do you guys want to go to Stanford with me? And guys like the running back coach are like, I would be losing 50%, yeah. you, you know, to go from Pittsburgh to to, 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 to that area. San Francisco of, of San area. Francisco. Where, 
property values are really out of cra- they're crazy. And then the opposite was true when I went to Akron. We hired a, de- a defense and offensive coordinator from the NC Tar Heels and Duke. And they sold these little houses in that area and bought giant homes <laughs> in Akron. You know, like the family, the kids all got their own huge rooms, backyard pools, you know, like, man, we made a fortune flipping our homes. You yeah. Know? But the coaching world, that happens like yearly. Right. <laughs> like, right. I, I mean, that, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. That's uh, the, the list that uh, Nick Shook put together. Um, anybody on the Steelers that you believe is at a career crossroads? You hate to say it, but guys like Najee are. I mean, you're a year away from talking yeah. fifth-year options. True. They're far from a slam dunk anymore for anybody. It's hard to pick up a fifth-year option now. You know, I mean, any first, almost any first-round pick from that draft class is at a career crossroads unless you've clearly made it. If you're on that top 100 list, you're probably safe. But, you know, it, it's it, – your, your 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 future becomes uncertain very quick. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Like everyone talks, oh, fifth year option and franchise them. Well, fifth year option is not that attractive. Running back, it's not necessarily that bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not. That's horrible. one of the beauties of taking it back in the first round. Absolutely. We're going to take our final break here before we end the show. Uh, so he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. The Steelers getting ready to wrap up their final mini camp practice here from the uh, UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We'll be back with more on ESPN 970 and Steelers Nation Radio right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. We are live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex here where the Steelers are getting set to wrap up minicamp practice number three. And, Matt, that will wrap up our ongoing coverage here yeah, yeah. on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970 from these events uh, here at the facility. And I uh, just wanted to talk about, in these final few minutes of the show, what we've learned here from these uh, sessions. Less than people would probably guests to be honest with you i mean the uh the soups are delicious and we, we, we <laughs> <laughs> uh, i told you that when we first started uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you hooked, hooked me on the, the, the steeler soups that's for sure um a couple notes is i keep going back to this that i really think the attitude energy weather environment everything has been very very positive as much as i can remember of any of these sessions that i've been a part of over the years uh, i think it stood out to me um every New Steeler that sat down with us. I really liked their personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of just being, I wish they were my neighbor. You know what I mean? Like, I don't (laughs) know if they can block and tackle yet or who knows, but they they really were interesting human beings and smart, and I think that's not an accident either. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, I've learned that, and this is actually, I can't say that I've learned this, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of fans would be interested in this. I think the Steelers see themselves as. Big-time contenders. Yeah, I think deep down they're kind of quietly smiling, twisting their mustache a little bit like, oh, you're going to forget about us? That's fine. Yeah. You know, I don't we're, think we're going away. We're know? the sleeping giant here. We, yeah. we haven't had a losing – or a, a, not a losing – we haven't finished last in the division since 1988, and we're not going to about this to uh, just nope. say, oh, we're going to do that this year. Right, right. Um, you know, we haven't had a losing season under Mike Tomlin in 19 years. We're not about to just concede that this year. No. Uh, and, and I don't care. They don't care what everybody else in the AFC has done. And they've improved their roster to go for it again this year. And they never would admit it, but I bet deep down the powers that be realized last year was going to be, you know, you're going to take more punches than you probably dish out. And now if that's as low as you go, 
little rope a dope there last right, year, right, and right, now right. you're you're coming out swinging. Now you come out swinging. You know that you know, we can really build on the lumps we took last year, especially in the first half of the year, and we're not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I, I think that's one hundred percent correct, and and. I know they go for it every year. They they try to compete every year, but some years you you know are more realistic than others. Right, right. You um, get your cap in order and get your quarterback situation in order. Things I think like with, that, you with know. the depth that they've added, uh, with the quality of depth that they've added, mm-hmm. um, they can withstand injuries at a lot of positions yep. that other teams won't be able to do. Uh, I think that they'll be able to compete at a higher level late in the year because of that depth, because you can, you don't have to play Cam Hayward 80-plus percent of the snaps this year. Right, right, right. Things right. of that nature that allows you when you're into January and you're playing some tough games uh, and battling that, that war of attrition, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to be battling it quite the same way as some of those other teams. Yeah, 100%. I mean, to not to put a negative spin on it, though, but I do would, I would like to see, okay, who are the next stars, though? That that top yeah. 100 list. I, I really like this roster. I like the moves they've made. I like the depth. A lot of big people, a lot of physicality, a lot of good personalities, as we mentioned. But, okay, who's the the guy that we're not Somebody needs on? to take those steps. Couple, yeah. A couple of players need to make that step and be those next players. DeMarvin Leal. Yeah. Or, you, know, you know, the guy you're not kind of thinking of that, boom, next thing you know is – wow, he's one of the better players at his position or something along those lines. Who, who's that next guy, you know? Yeah, no, I'm I mean, with you on that. When T.J. Watt got here, people didn't look at him as that guy. Again, you know? you'd right. love it to be Kenny Pickett. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's the one you want more than anything, of course. Anything else? Soups were good. <laughs> <laughs> Soup is good food. Matt is learning. <laughs> Weather Soup was good. is good food. Yeah. Yeah, they, they re- I, we were joking at, at lunch. They, they should just call it Steeler Soup and all the different soups they have in there. Should be a giant eagle, and all the proceeds go to some charity. They should. I mean, the Steelers yeah. marketing department should run with that. Yeah, credit us with that idea. Absolutely. Uh, one final thing I learned here: I, I like the energy of the young coaching staff. Yeah, another good point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, th- this is a team that traditionally, uh, in Mike Tomlin's tenure, has had a little bit of an older staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, saw, you know, we saw Keith Butler walk through here sure. earlier. Um, you know, I mean, there's some all-time great assistant coaches that lasted here a long time. Yeah. But it's also fun to have new young energy. But too. now that that has flipped and Mike Tomlin is now uh, the more established coach, mm-hmm. now you can afford to bring in some of that youth mm-hmm. uh, at, at, the, at your you know positions uh, be, below you and allow them to, to – Blossom and do yeah. their thing and, right, communicate with the staff. Or the, the kids, the, the, kids the, the, the players a little bit better too, you know, a little bit younger, a little, a little bit less of a – generation gap maybe than some of the other position coaches in the past and not they were bad you know but like no you're right and it's an exciting time I mean the the NFL's so smart that these months I always call the you know the eternal optimism time you know draft up until opening kickoff but I'm more optimistic about this team than I have been in the last couple Junes oh yeah you know without question and and I was Relatively optimistic, you know, the last two seasons. I thought, yeah, they could yeah. get to, I thought they could get to nine or ten wins and sneak into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I feel differently about I, I think this team can not just only can not only get into the playoffs, I think they can make some noise. I mean, what if they're a top-five rushing team, you know? And, and with the schedule they have, they're beating teams by seven, eight points and just clamping the doors Bludgeoning down them, yeah. And, yeah, in, a, in a Coach Cower fashion, you know? Yeah. Like, halftime lead is – not that it's over, but, man, you're going to have a tough time coming back against Yeah, because we're going to continue to score, but we're going to score on these long, mm-hmm. sustained running drives that are on an eat clock, and you're not yep. going to have time to come back. And, oh, by the way, the defense is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's you know, you come out of halftime, there's 30 minutes left on the clock, you have a lead, 
and you control the ball for 17, 18 of those minutes, well, and you rush the passer the other 12. You know I mean? Yeah. That's, that's what they're tra- striving to do here. And if Pickett plays well in the first halves, you can do that. Right, right. Um, that's going to do it for our show here, Matt. Yeah, so We've fun. learned something. Yep. Matt likes soup. Um, <laughs> we think the Steelers might be pretty good. That, that's yeah. kind of a summation of, uh, of where we're at here. Good environment um, overall. Absolutely. Had a lot of fun doing this on a daily basis. Uh, again, during the off season, we'll go back to our three-day-a-week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule for the drive, so you can hear us uh, every uh, day like that on uh, Steelers Nation Radio. Subscribe to that uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We have other good content on there as well. Sure. You want to hear all that, uh, too. And um, that's going to do it <laughs> here from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. We want to thank CJ here on site, keeping us on the air. Justin back in studio as well. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an s Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At s it's just what we do. s Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.